<laughs> Hello. Oh my god. It's been Shut the fuck up. Cat, <laughs> goddammit, it's been 84 years. Also, I don't know why I'm still wearing these headphones. <laughs> I don't know. Let us have a sentimental moment. I have seen you every day for the last two months. Uh, but you're still in love with me as uh, when we first met, right? So, cool oh, yeah. story. Okay. So, right. hey, cool. Taylor. Hey. hey. Hi. You're a person I haven't seen a bunch. Yeah. It was great. We saw each other last weekend for the first time in like two months. Yeah. All three of us. Did y'all, and did you guys cry a little bit? I mean, almost started i mean i was just sort of like like when we because we were already with uh, two other friends look i know that sounds like a lot of people it was under 10 people outside we were following the rules (laughs) we were doing it um wisconsin decided safer at home isn't a thing anymore because (laughs) it's akin to japanese internment camps but you know what i don't want to talk about it whatever we don't want to talk this is the worst state in the worst country in the world. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we did see each other last weekend, and like I did turn the corner to our other friends because I hadn't seen like pretty much anyone at all. Yeah, and they were the first people, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you're here! <laughs> I'm here! We're all here!" <laughs> it was amazing. I, I talked to Emily, out and I was like, "Fuck." I talked to Emily about this, but, like, did you have a period when we were all sitting down that, like, you forgot how to talk to people? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I felt super awkward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Jake and I left at, at 10 because I was, like, I was actually exhausted because Saturdays I wake up early to go to work. So I was yeah. already tired. But I was also just, like, I think I don't know how to do this anymore. I think yeah. I ran out of stuff yeah. to say. I have forgotten how <laughs> to people. What are yes. words? What, what are they? What are words? Yeah. How does one build a joke? <laughs> so we'll get back to there eventually. eventually. Yeah. I think Find a podcast our is a really good way to, to start. Yeah. So we're back, bitches. What's up? Oh, my God. <clears throat> we were going to try to do some social distance recording, and then both of our lives fell apart. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, it was like, look, everyone knows. Everyone who had to do any of this shit... Uh, no matter what your story is, everybody's life kind of went a little sideways for a while there. So I hope everybody yeah. understands. We are sorry we weren't there for you in a time perhaps when you wanted to hear our stupid voices. I cannot imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm awesome. <laughs> okay, you're right. <laughs> but we are here now. We are. Yes. We're back. We're so glad. Me. Yes. So what are we drinking? So I <laughs> have a quarantine recipe I lovingly call ratchet margarita because it's what I had in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have to go anywhere. It has tequila in it. It fucking it's, counts. <laughs> yeah. So that was like the only alcohol I had in the house. And then I had some raspberry lemonade from Quick Trip. <laughs> some nature's touch. And then a can so of Sprite. So yeah, my ratchet margaritas. And I liked it. So I figured this would be the first good thing. And then also my coworker, who is like the only coworker I've seen in person in the last two months. Oh, man. Because we set up like all the social distancing tape because like our office is doing a soft reopening okay. next week. And <laughs> they made apple pie. That is so d- dope. Not the actual she's going to be, no, it's like alcohol. But like, <laughs> she's going to be on the podcast I was going to say, soon. is this Taylor? Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but she, she made, made this. this. Wow. Yes. And we're going to try it now. We're going to try it. This. Mm. Oh, get fucked up. That is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that could kill you. I'm not mad about those. Mm-hmm. 
That's really good. <laughs> it tastes like apple and pie spices. It's wonderful. I'm worried that it can't taste any booze in it. Yeah, that's what's scaring me <laughs> right now. Where I'm like, uh-oh. Is this so well done that I'm drinking like straight up Everclear and I don't know it? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it weak and I'm going to be fine? Or is right. it weak and I'm going to be on the floor in a couple minutes? <laughs> I guess we'll fucking find out over yep. the course of the podcast. Oh my God. Oh, and uh, we should say hello, Kat. Oh yeah, Kat's here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm <laughs> like, we should. <laughs> wow. wow. But no, I figured before you guys introduced me, I had to say really stupid shit because well, that's yeah. like my thing. Um, and Kat, uh, something you have started doing something you already had before quarantine, but now you're doing it more. Oh, yeah. Will you, will you tell us about Can that I really plug? fun thing? Yeah, yeah, of course. That makes me so happy. Please do. Um, if you're a fan of the show Magicians on Sci-Fi, the McGickens, McGickens, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm part of a podcast called Florians United. I joined as like a guest at first for one or two episodes in season three. But as of season four and five, I'm a regular co-host. It's it's basically we uh, see an episode through like a lens of a word or something and break down character motivations and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. If you don't watch The Magicians, you probably shouldn't listen to it because it will make no sense. <laughs> Fair. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you should definitely check it out. I think the season four stuff is going to be put in September or something. Nice. Uh, but you can catch the two episodes I was in already. They're out as of recording this. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. And um, are you, do you guys like put them out in seasons, like take breaks and then do a season? Um, no, day? we're already recording for season four and they've done season three. So it's by bi- monthly, I believe. Okay, that's awesome. So check us out at Florians on Twitter, I think is where we're most active. So Woo! that's awesome. If you like a questionable sci-fi show, check it out. Yay! Also, it's great. It really is. It is. It's, it's a really good show. If you're looking for something to watch, you should watch McGickens, and then you should... Yeah. Just power through season one, and then yeah. it takes mm-hmm. off. It's yeah. got like a nice Harry Potter meets yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer yes. vibe. It's that's very cool. Hey, um, if you listen to Florence United and now you're here for the first time because hello, of that, hello, uh, and also sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. Speaking of, are we gonna get sad? Probs. <laughs> oh, probs. Let's cry and drink a whole bunch. It's almost as if we should begin this uh, like newborn babes. We don't know who should go first. I'm just I, gonna go first. Okay. Oh Take my god! Charge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That is a woman who knows I what she wants. I got <laughs> more assertive during quarantine because I haven't seen people. No, no, this is fact. So you forgot and I'm how to do the Wisconsin nice thing? Very. Like, well, no, I've no. never been good at the yeah. Wisconsin nice. But you dropped it completely. I dropped it completely. <laughs> I am assertive. I am ready to go. Fuck yeah, let's do this. Okay. I love it. Hell yeah. I'm indecisive as hell. Someone tell me what to do. I'm Same. here for you. Thank you. All right. So. 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 <laughs> Over quarantine, every time I would see a story mm-hmm. that I wanted to do, I just saved it in a tab. Mm. So by the end of the Save at Home order, oh, I had about seven stories in a tab. Nice. So this is one of them. Um, this story also burned a hole in my brain. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that. I love We're it. We're passing this scared. shit on, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we talk... A lot about people who fight to survive or make that conscious decision Mm -hmm. to either like trust their gut or fight back or whatever, keep going. Mm -hmm. 
But we haven't really talked a lot about the other side of it, the darker side of surviving something where you didn't want to survive it. Oh. This is going to make me feel real good in the tummy, huh? Okay, so my story is technically true crime. It is true crime. Okay. Um, And that will make sense in a little bit with the context, but (laughs) content warnings for this story. We're starting out strong. Great. Oof. Child death? No. Oh. Cults? Mm, okay. Oh, oh, I know what this one is. Suicide and attempted suicide. I did warn mm, you about this one. Yeah. Now, have you ever heard of the David family cult? Or like the family of David? Okay, that maybe. Cult. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I know much about it though. It's about David Copperfield. It is not. <laughs> <clears throat> I fucking wish it was. <laughs> Emmanuel David believed he was a descendant of the house of David. I'm, I couldn't find anything to confirm it, but I'm guessing he means the biblical house of David and not the other cult literally called the house of David. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many Daves in cults. They're going to like copyright and bring in cults. And that, that began in 1903 in Michigan, but he, I don't believe, was affiliated with that cult at all. He was born Charles Bruce Longo in Yonkers, New York. <laughs> Yonkers. Yonkers. What a fancy lad. I love Yonkers. He was excommunicated by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like a fancy lad. I'm sorry. AKA the Mormons. The Mormons kicked him out? Was the Mormons yes. for the Mormons? Want him. <laughs> that is not good. Oh, yeah. Shit. Red a, flag number yeah. one. Uh-huh. He was too much for the Mormons. <laughs> um, he was kicked out in June of 1969 due to, quote, irreconcilable differences, which is some divorce <laughs> shit. They divorced him. Yeah, they divorced him. <laughs> you can't love our Jesus now. Goodbye. Mormon <laughs> officials told police that David frequently had tried to warn them of what he believed to be impending calamities, and he demanded a share of the church revenues as he was their one true prophet. Oh, shit. Yeah, that'll get you <laughs> kicked out. Joseph Smith who? <laughs> I'm David. I'm David. <laughs> Fucking gold plates. This is the church of David. <laughs> David's in the house. Um, I love him. Also, he talks like that in my mind now. <laughs> yeah. How, I wonder how much of it was like, hey, you're, you're not vibing with us versus like, I'm sorry, you want our money? Get the fuck out. I think it was you want our money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want our money? And also, well, I mean, maybe some people are like, uh, the vibe is off. Is David here? <laughs> I think David just walked in. Guys, can we do a vibe check? I think David's here. <laughs> so he had changed his name because he believed himself to be the prophet of God. And many times he even claimed to be God, Jesus, or the Holy Ghost, or all three at once. Somebody should have just helped this man. This Clearly, is like a he Mr. has a robot episode. He yeah, also, he when his kids were still in a public school, he went into like the principal's office and claimed to be the Holy Ghost to oh, the no. principal. Oh no, that guy should have been like, I have a phone call to make very quickly. Oh my God, come get this. This man. was also the late 60s, early 70s when this was happening. Okay. Was so like, people didn't really care about kids at that point. Sure. <laughs> was like, I feel like the 60s and 70s, literally everyone was claiming to be some form of Jesus. Like everyone. I mean, it was a popular theme. It was just like a lot of LSDs. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a small cult of followers, sure. including his family. Really? His family was down? I mean, 
they were born into it. So okay. fair. Um, those who still belong, spoiler alert, <clears throat> to the family of David, believe that the star of David belongs to Emmanuel and not to Jesus. Oh, okay. Sure. Fine. Okay. So he also did believe that he could destroy the whole world if he concentrated hard enough. Oh, man. He's like that kid in third grade who, like, tries to move things telekinetically with his mind. Yeah. <laughs> You mean me? <laughs> a person who did that a bunch? Everyone, ha- every school has one. Mm-hmm. Well, Emmanuel David wasn't doing so hot. No shit, huh? He was getting into massive trouble with the law. <laughs> For running around and maybe committing crimes in the name of himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and Stop also, in the name of me. <laughs> wire fraud. Oh, sure. I deserve um, this money. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so he decided rather than getting arrested and having his story exposed, he killed himself. Oh. He's not our survivor, in oh, case shit. you didn't know. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> um, he... Da, 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 da. So a former follower said that Emmanuel killed himself because he was facing those indictment charges of wire fraud and possibly tax evasion. Cause I'll get to another thing on that one. God doesn't pay the government. <laughs> yeah. Emmanuel's huge ego. Shocker. Cult leader with a huge ego. Yep. Um, would not allow him to go to jail. So he, Killed himself in a van that he borrowed Mm. on top of, like, a cliff Mm. by putting a hose onto the end of the truck and then running it into the cabin. Sure. Carbon monoxide. Quick question. Wire fraud. Is that when, like, you fuck over, uh, like, uh, fuck. I don't know. Is it, like, isn't it? I'm drawing a blank. Because isn't it, like, wiring money, but, like. I believe it's, like, wiring money, but it's wiring it to yourself. Oh, Okay. As, like, saying you're sending it to, like, they're sending it to a certain corporation or something, but it's really coming to you. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Just, just uh, wanted to know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Ba, 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 a former. Western Union. Yes. <laughs> That's the word. Sorry. <laughs> a follower, Matthias David. Mm-hmm. Remember that name? Matthias David. Yes. Um, had been convicted of wire fraud earlier that year. For soliciting contributions by telling people his stepdaughter had been seriously injured in an automobile accident. Well, that's not cool. So, oh, okay. confirmation of your answer, if I'd read a little longer and actually had remembered what I wrote, <laughs> I answered that question. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Um, Sergeant Brent Davis was a friend of Emmanuel David. He said that the family was devoted to each other, extremely so. And said that these people would be completely lost without their father. He left behind a wife and seven children. That's too many of those. That's a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to our survivor. Rachel David. She was 15 at the time that this happened. She and her family had been living in a hotel room for over a year. Being paid for daily with cash. Oh. By Emmanuel. Creepy and normal. So sketch. Everything about that is fine. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Other hotel employees said the children did not speak to anyone without their father's permission. They didn't use the hotel swimming pool. And they remained mostly in the suite. 
They said the children were taught in the room by their parents and did not attend public school any longer. Can you just imagine, like, they don't, they basically don't leave that room. They don't leave that room. We had a hard time not leaving whole apartments. Yeah. Very recently. They never left that one room in a hotel. I would go, like... Fucking insane. Yeah. So, yeah, just a breakdown for the family's mental health and wellness. Not good. Of being (laughs) fucking manipulated and brainwashed into religious doctrines. That you literally cannot escape. You cannot escape yeah. it. Um, That's great. So they'd been sheltered. Also, the room cost $90 a day in 1977 and 78. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Um, so I did the math, and that's approximately $353, $354 a day. a day. That's so much money. And also, he ordered room service, like, all the fucking time. Oh my god. And like they knew him really well at this French restaurant down the road that was really fancy and so expensive. All so like fraud. his orders would be like a hundred dollars a crack Ooh, for food. So and, and that's like, seven kids too. Right? Yeah. Like that's a lot yeah. of people. That's a lot yeah. of people to feed at fancy restaurants. But like so this is all money that he has laundered or stolen or yeah. None of it's yeah, good. they said for his time in the hotel, his bill racked up to be over like thirty thousand dollars because oh. they were there for over a year. Holy oh shit. my god! And he didn't have a cash. job. Yeah, they must have only. You only let that happen because they're paying every day. Yeah. In cash. Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't just let that rack up. No. Yeah. <laughs> they paid every day in cash. They were quiet. They didn't make noise. The kids di- weren't running through the halls like. Right. You would think yeah. that, you know. That were like. God could just hey. create money. <laughs> but whatever. Hey. No, this is a test. <laughs> <laughs> I'm testing me. Yeah. <laughs> could you just give us a bunch of money to live in this fancy hotel room? Because I'm totally Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the other one. And <laughs> you. And I am you. <laughs> I pray to myself. Yeah. I am. <laughs> The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost all wrapped up in one. <laughs> it's nasty up in here. It's like three of me. It's just so much. It's really uncomfortable if I go to bed. <laughs> My skin's all tight. Yeah. So he died. And like everything was coming down. They were running out of money. And when the police notified his wife that he had died, she said, I don't know how I'm going to pay for the funeral. We don't have anything. Right. Freaking out. And um, mom made a decision. Was it to love and protect and care? For no. Okay. <laughs> what? What do you mean? I'm shocked. I just, no. I want to be an optimist in this scenario, even though I know it's not right. You're on the wrong podcast. That's, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> so the children were described as bright, well-dressed, and very polite by a family friend. They had absolute faith in their father and his power. Mm-hmm. And they believed... That the family did not think they could function without him, so they decided to follow him in death. It makes total sense. Imagine, like, first of all, yeah, you have no means. He clearly held all the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you probably did not really have any idea where he was getting it from. Nope. And Well, you don't he, question Jesus and the Holy right, Spirit. And, right. When someone's like, oh, hi, I'm God. You're like, I. <laughs> and then God kills himself. I mean, yeah, you gotta be thinking, well... What's the point of staying here? Like, God didn't even want to stay here. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get to that.
<laughs> and I believe he just said he's got fat stacks. <laughs> he said that Jesus has fat stacks. Yes. <laughs> so on August 3rd, 1978, Rebecca David, that was his wife's name, mm. took her seven children to the 11th floor of the balcony of the International Uh-oh. Dune Hotel in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is now a Holiday Express. You know what? We I do, do recognize the story. Did, um, did Glam and Gore. Glam and Gore was Yeah, they were hotel. there. Yes. That's where I so know So if you go on to Glam and Gore and look through their last Halloween batch of videos, mm-hmm. she records in this hotel. Yes. And she explains And like all of the windows story. were screwed shut and mm-hmm. like it's very, yeah. It's creepy that it's not just like a holiday fucking inn. Like, right. It's just the most chainy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most chainy thing. And also, I watched another video of a guy who went into the hotel and, like, went up to the 11th floor and was, like, looking out, like, over where the restaurant used to be, where they jumped. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll get to that. I'm sure they jumped onto a restaurant. Uh, Kind of. (laughs) I'm just... Kind of. Like a parapet, like the old Bugs Bunny cartoons? No, no. It was all concrete. Oh, I was picturing, like, what if it's glass at the top? No, no. (laughs) It's all concrete. Oh, okay. Also... I'm very sorry. sorry. This is not the light. This is sad. This is sad, you fucks. This is sad, everyone. This is sad. We we must be appropriately sad You need to be appropriate either way. (laughs) Otherwise, Kat really will move into your basement. (laughs) So, the older children began willingly jumping off the balcony. They, there were like stacked chairs on the balcony that they climbed on top of to jump. Oh. Ooh. This is sad. Yeah. This is your warning. I, I this is like sad. I don't like this family. is why this is true crime. Mm-hmm. Rebecca. The younger children weren't willing to jump. Sure. Well, they yeah. Probably, they've just seen they, what's happened to the people yes. who have jumped. Horrifying. So she threw them off the balcony. Mm. Ooh. That's not cool. The darkest part. One of the children actually was able to grab the railing. Oh, no. And, like, tried to fight back. And... Holy just, shit. Just, like, still got thrown Yeah. Uh. And there was, like, construction workers. So they were watching all of this happen. People were screaming. Everyone was freaking the oh, fuck God. out. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, yeah. What, what time of day is this? Did, did In you In the say- morning. So it's just oh. daytime. Okay. Yeah, it's daytime. People are going to work. People in the hotel are doing shit. Yeah. Horrifying. And it's oh like, that's so many people to yeah. be jumping. Like, you just, keep, they keep coming. It must be just, like, the worst thing you've ever seen. Yeah. So she was the last to go. And at this point, people were so upset. And also, it was 1978. People were screaming obscenities at her and telling her to just fucking do it and to jump. Sure, because they were watching her throw children over yep. the side of the building. So uh-huh. I might have I, also done I, that. I can't say. Uh, I guess you them. too. Then you yeah. horrible yep. monster. Like, so what the hell? she and four of her children. Again, this is not the light, guys. <clears throat> this is super not the light. She and four of her children died immediately. Mm-hmm. That leaves three. That leaves three that did not. So they rushed them to the hospital. Holy shit. They did everything they could. Two of them died of their injuries. One survived. Rachel. She sustained severe injuries. <laughs> I watched, um, someone had found a news report from this where, like, the doctor that 
had been like her primary care mm-hmm. talked about like the injuries that she received. I'm sure they were Cause horrible. she basically fell like on top of the restaurant on like this little short wall that was like a lip Ooh. and like shattered her pelvis. Oh, no. Like it was bad. Well, I mean, if, if four of them died instantly, it's quite the fall. I mean, that was the, that 11th, was the, the 11th, 11th floor. floor. Yeah. Yeah. So she was in surgery she was confined to a wheelchair for the rest of her life um, mm-hmm. and was in the hospital for multiple multiple months recovering. I imagine. I mean, shattering your pelvis. Among other things. Like, oh yeah. my God. Um, she was given 22 units of blood while she was in the hospital, Oof. like in that first couple hours and in surgery. Yeah. And after receiving the 22 units of blood and the emergency surgery, she was still in critical condition. Ugh. So, yeah. Brutal times, brutal times. Really fucking awful, Emily. Did that, well, like, did that, did that snap her out of it? Was she like, mm, maybe my dad's not Jesus? <laughs> so, Rachel. I mean, how do you make sense of that, though? Yeah. So, Rachel did interviews after the incident. And... She said that she still believed her father was God and that he was going to return to Earth. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Yeah. They really did you a good, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. They done did fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, so in <coughs> 2000, they did an Inside Edition interview with her. Mm. And she said, I remember my father said he will be back. I know he will. My father never lied. Um, she did try to follow through on his orders mm. basically of like she tried a couple more times wow she just really was, felt like she wasn't supposed yeah, to be she wasn't supposed to be alive uh, now yikes. remember how i said that the cult was mostly comprised of family but yeah. not entirely yeah so oh am i gonna get sad again i hate this already <laughs> she after everything that happened she was released from the hospital she went into a foster care house but then she was taken in by her uncle, who was a member of the cult. So even even his brother or whatever, is it his brother or the maternal? I think it was his wife's brother. Wow. wow. Like his brother-in-law. Imagine getting not only Whoa. your wife to believe your God, but your wife's brother. Who your by brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah, who by default has to hate you. Should be hating what? you. <laughs> Should go, you're a cuckoo as fuck and get away from my sister. Yeah. And instead is like, yeah, 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 I, I 100% believe you. Yeah. This guy. No, totally. I know. I'm with you. Emmanuel <laughs> David must have been pretty incredible at what right. he did. Right. Wish there was like... Bit. Yeah, I wish there was some like interview or whatever so I could glean what that dude was like. Oh, but I don't want to see him. No. I'm pretty sure. He was real gross. (laughs) Like he ate nothing because he was very charismatic, but he was also nasty looking and most of them were his family. And you probably know how to pick the right kind of person. Yeah. You can just kind of be like, you are susceptible to whatever I've got going on. So (laughs) as of 2000... (laughs) About a dozen members of the family of David live in Spokane and Aurora, Colorado. Rachel lives with a group in Aurora. Um, they still believe that Emmanuel David was God, and they are still preparing for his second coming. Woof. Holy shit. They also all changed their last names to David. They have a testimonial letter that they sent out to reporters. Oh, right. We are all David. We're all Davids now. <laughs> it outlines their doctrine, their beliefs, and 
the belief that they are all reincarnated biblical figures, <laughs> including Moses, Abraham, Adam, Eve, and some others. I'm Eve David. I'm Moses David. <laughs> I'm <laughs> David David. <laughs> if I join this call, I get dibs on Esther. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be Lilith David. Get fucked. Unsurprisingly, they're also super racist. Oh my god! Oh, I'm so shocked. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's the least shocking thing I've heard all night. So month. an ex-Mormon who made another cult is yeah, racist. super racist. <laughs> the Mormons didn't like. Yeah, you mean that guy? Yeah, you mean wow. the one that the Mormons were like, no, you're too much, sir. <laughs> so they say that white people are the real Israelites and the true children of God. Look, Mormons already are like, the Jews were definitely in America. Yeah. And they were super white about it. Yeah. And like, this guy I just don't takes think it works that. that way. And that. he's like, no, no. No. <laughs> you didn't go far enough, Joseph. Yeah. Joseph, everyone was white. Everyone, everyone was white. <laughs> I just, I just, I, that's not how that works. <laughs> not how any of this works. No. They reiterated their beliefs about the Star of David belonging to Emmanuel David. A testimonial letter, like I said, was being sent out to people who were asking about the group's beliefs. Because, I mean, how do you not? I'd be like, tell me everything. Oh, yeah, I want this group. This is horrible. Yeah. And, and then the members were saying they weren't proselytizing through the testimonials. Okay. okay. I feel like that, I, I feel like they use that as like a, like the people from the 60s use that as like a equivalent of a YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like that like Let me give you this letter. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the library. Exactly. And, like, six hours later. <laughs> I have to find all the microfiche on this. <laughs> <laughs> so a quote from Jacob David, who was the 64-year-old brother-in-law of Emmanuel David, who took in Rachel. Mm-hmm. He said, We're regular Christians. We are Israelites from the lost tribes of Israel. Look. Mm-hmm. You can say that all you want. <laughs> Everyone in every cult ever can say that all they want. It's not there's there there can't be that many lost tribes in Israel. No, <laughs> no, we're like I understand. That also, they're GPS, not white. But... <laughs> yeah, nobody from there was white. It's not how kids this works <laughs> again. That, you can't just say words. You can't. <laughs> words mean things. You can't just claim stuff. But... So another leader. Um, that was still alive in the time of 2000, Matthias wow. David. Mm. Remember how I said to remember that fucking name? Yeah. Matthias David. He was, tw- he was 56, and he was in Spokane. Is it Spokane or Spokane? I always thought it was Spokane. Actually, I've heard both. So in was- Spokane. 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 They, um, he said <laughs> that the group's remaining members were not going to repeat the suicides and murders that occurred in 1978. Well, great. And he does not consider them crimes. What happened, he does not I consider ju- to be a crime. So, okay, with that sentence, you started off real strong in the optimism thing. Right. And then you just went, no, by the way, they're, they're not crimes. Oh, I don't believe what they did was wrong at all, but I'm not going to no. do it. Here's his, here's, his, here's his quote about it. What I believe in is David and Rachel and their family. They could not be apart. When David left, they left with him. That was their choice and a shock to us. He's the one who left his family behind. Yeah, he said, fuck this. I can't handle this. I can't handle this exposure. So I'm just going to, you know, dip out and whatever happens, happens. (laughs) Right. I'm a dip, dip, potato chip. Y'all need anything to that? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all need anything from hell? I'm definitely going there. Yeah. (laughs) Peace. Well, that's the thing that really sucks, right? Is they were clearly very devoted to him. 
Right. And they loved him very much and couldn't imagine life without him. And he was using them. And he was using them. And he yeah. never really loved them. That kind of person is not capable of love. No, no, no. You use your family for your own self-gratification. You use anyone and everything. Yes. So, like... Jesus. Yeah, his ego was being tested and his narcissism was being tested by being caught. And he knew it was going to be embarrassing. He couldn't handle it. <laughs> and he doesn't care about anyone but himself. So, he just was like, peace, I guess. Yeah. And not even caring about what would happen to everybody he... Forced to care about only him yeah. for their entire lives. Yep. Cool. What a great guy. Yeah. I hope there's like a hellier hell and I hope he's there. He just yeah. found the 11th circle. Yeah. Or like whatever <laughs> the just, one. It's just him. Being yeah. stabbed in the ass with a pitchfork over and over. <laughs> he's alone there. Yeah. It's just that guy. It's just him. No one to love. So him. the brother of Emmanuel David, his actual brother, who is named Charles Bruce Longo is the police chief of Auburndale, Florida. Um, and he had been a police officer when his brother became Emmanuel David. Mm. And he said, I think my brother actually believed in his own mind that he was God. He was that far off base. He was a very flawed mortal. So for him to have gained this kind of influence over people is amazing, particularly for it to still exist. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So his own actual biological family didn't all believe him. No. But he could get, like, his children and other people's families to believe him. I do like the way that he said mortal. He didn't say human. He was like, this mortal being, that is my brother. (laughs) So wasn't very human, I'm sure. Jacob David, who was the brother-in-law, became Rachel's guardian and at the time of 2000 lived with her in a rental home with his three sons, and Ruth David, who was Matthias David's former wife. Oh, so divorce is okay? Okay, I'm a Apparently. little surprised. Well, at they're that. not Mormon anymore. Well, and also, the, I mean, also the men and men in anything can do whatever they want. Yeah. Actually, the men can get away nothing. with anything. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Matthias David owns a martial arts studio in Spokane, Spokane. No fucking Spokane. way. We gotta and is there. an accomplished karate instructor. Who helped train police SWAT teams? No. Oh, he. Oh, he helped them get real racist. Yeah. Oh, so God. the Spokane, Spokane police. Spokane. Spokane. Said they only recently, as of like when this article came out, had found out that Matthias David was actually convicted of federal wire fraud <laughs> when he went by his former name, Sterling Peacock. Nope. Sterling no, 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 we are talking no. about this. I saved that for the end. Thank you so much, but also, That's okay. as close to a light as I can get. Hello, my name is Sterling Peacock. I would like some money, please, at this Western <laughs> Union. <laughs> I definitely do have a, an ID card that says that. That's my real name. I did not make that. It is 100% now. my real name, ma'am. <laughs> so, I know this one says Jeffrey Dillert. That is, <laughs> that is not correct. <laughs> at the time of this article, technology was a thing. Background checks had already come a long fucking way. Yeah, oh, yeah, they yeah, didn't, yeah. They didn't, check, they didn't that. check that hard. They just thought... They were just like, this is an upstanding individual who lives with a bunch of other people. Who's definitely not in a cult. Yeah, He's definitely not in a cult and doesn't have any r- weird religious leanings, but... He teaches karate. Yeah. He, something was always going to be weird. I'm sorry to karate teachers. But like... I think you're right. Come though. on. <laughs> I'm not... If he, if he's, he's like, call me sensei. This is the dojo. It's like, yeah. I can't. Mm, what's going on with you? Something's up. So <laughs> I couldn't. Which cult? 
We got you in. <laughs> I couldn't find anything else about her more recently. Um, she's alive. Same. I just, I really hope that she found some peace. I mean, that she I maybe feel- like woke up. Once Google was a widely available thing. <laughs> and she could see everything that her father had done. She could see everything that her father had done. Maybe. I, so. very, I at the very least hope that like she doesn't want to die anymore. And I hope that if yeah. she's going to keep these beliefs, that they just don't hurt anybody else. Right. Just keep, <laughs> like, them, keep them in Colorado. Yeah. Keep Lock them it in down. Family. Lock it down. <laughs> keep that shit to yourself. Yep. Just do a jump. I hope. No. But like, I hope. I hope. Yeah. I hope she's chill. I hope yeah. she's happy. And, yeah. you know, yeah. in these trying times, if you need it, name yourself Sterling Peacock, the phone number for the suicide <laughs> prevention <laughs> hotline <I'm sorry>. is <laughs> 1-800-273-8255-CAT. 1-800-273-8255. Dude, dude, I did do not know you were going to do, do that. I am genuinely sorry. <laughs> we know. It's okay. Do use that, though. Yeah, if you need it. Like, it's important. There's probably very nice people on the other end of that line. I think they also them. have a text feature now. That's really great they for totes some people. Do. Yeah. That's awesome. There we go. Thank you for that. That, you're right. That was not the light. None of that was. Nope. There was nothing there. In was there was no light. That was a whole lot of ooh. I'm sad now, Emily. Harp noise. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bitches, are we ready? Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, buckle up. All right, we're going to talk about uh, Survivor Douglas Mawson. That's a, that's a Hello, solid Douglas. Name. What's up, Douglas? Name, hey. right? Hi, Douglas. Um, so, fans of this podcast, which we do have those, and it's still weird to me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, fans Hi. of this podcast might remember that I have spoken. Before about an ill-fated Antarctic expedition. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, it was episode forty-four. That one was called "Blame This One on the Pinot Grigio." <laughs> <laughs> and I told the story of Ernest Shackleton, who took a yep. trip called the Endurance. Yeah, uh-huh. from the southernmost oh, tip. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. from South America to Antarctica, and then they probably got stuck in drift ice. Yeah, I remember there were penguins. Died. Yes, there's like a picture of a dude holding two penguins. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they all almost went like totally insane. Some of them ended up having to like traverse a mountain range that no one had ever been across before, and it was a blank space on their map oh, yep. in order to get rescued. Yep. But they did, and all of them lived. So this, when I was like finding this guy, I was like, this sounds vaguely familiar. Did I do this one before? And then I realized, no, different guy, different Antarctic expedition, right around the same time. Oh my there were, god. There was apparently like a golden age of Antarctic yeah. ex- expeditions that started in like the 1880s with a Norwegian guy and then just like went until like early 1920s where everybody everybody was going to Antarctica. Everyone. That's there's a <laughs> so this the thing about this one is this actually happened a couple of years before the one I've already talked about. Which makes the one I've already talked about even crazier. Because they must have known that this thing happened that I'm going to speak about. And then they went anyway. 
Because that's the thing about humans, guys, is that uh, we just keep <laughs> sending human beings to places that they shouldn't they go. Die. It is yes. true. Yes. And then those people do die, and then we just go, well, send more. <laughs> well, now we need to recover their bodies. Yes. Well, clearly we need to do this better. Well, yeah. that didn't work. Let's do the same thing. But like a little different. Like we'll change one aspect of it. Yes. And then expect it to work, and then just look like Pikachu when it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> So fun story. So at 44, we had a good laugh about um, an expedition right before the one I talked about with Shackleton. He had already been famous for doing this specific expedition called the Nimrod Expedition in 1909. Ha ha ha, Nimrod. And that was to locate the magnetic South Pole. Um, the, the South Pole used to be, is now over water, but this magnetic South Pole at that time was over land. So these three people became the first people to ever get to the magnetic South Pole. And this was an expedition by Ernest Shackleton. And one of those three people who remained to do this was Douglas Mawson, the guy I'm about to speak about. Oh, Mawson. They are somewhat related. Although Douglas, I think Ernest was... Irish and Douglas is Australian. Oh. So Douglas established himself as a true adventurer, read insane person. Uh, by read adrenaline junkie. Yes. <laughs> yes, because like instead of staying on the Nimrod expedition expedition for the summer that he was going to, like that that was planned, they stayed an extra year in order to just, I don't know, do more shit uh, in a cold place that sucks. Why? <laughs> exactly. So he was just like kind of a big name. <coughs> already and after he'd returned from that one he was offered a space on another expedition um led by robert falcon scott another very famous oh, I know that dude. adventurer yeah all of these people have incredible names robert falcon yeah scott <laughs> sorry that guy rules <laughs> um, <laughs> that guy's middle... parents rule yeah i'm gonna change my middle name to like no. Hawk. Falk. Hawk. <laughs> Cat Hawk. Cat Hawk. Hell yeah. <laughs> Kitty Hawk. Uh, anyway. <laughs> That's what they call me now. <laughs> is it? And it, it is. is now. Um, but Douglas, Douglas was like, you know what? Actually, I think I'm ready. I'm going to do my own expedition. I'm going to lead it. So fuck yeah. So he called it the Australian Antarctic Expedition. He chartered <laughs> a ship named the Aurora, which... We'll talk about why that name is also familiar from episode 44 later. Um, captained by John King Davis. And it was uh, it set sail on December 2nd, 1911. Um, but so, they, yeah, they set sail from um, Tasmania, which is that little island that's off, like, the, the southeast corner of Australia. That that's, big landmass. That's Tasmania. those devils. Yes, exactly. Okay. So they set sail from there and went about 4,000 miles to the eastern end of... Antarctica, not that far. The journey is said to have been difficult itself, but I don't have a ton of details. Regardless, the Aurora landed in a place called um, Mockery Island. Mm. Not spelled like vicious mockery or Colin Mockery. (laughs) (laughs) That's two whole spellings. But different. (laughs) Um, And they left a few of their crew members there to establish a small base. And then... Douglas didn't stick around this area. He and the rest of his crew took the Aurora to the place that Douglas himself named Commonwealth Bay, where they established their main camp. That's not even like a cool name. It's not. I know. It's like, ugh. But so, um, so they made landfall there on January 7th, 1912. 
And at that point, the Aurora turned around and headed back to Tasmania. And it planned to pick the crew up again in December of 1912. They were going to spend almost an entire year just doing shit <laughs> in our Antarctica on purpose for a Sure, while. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, do it real big. Right? That means Dougie Boy and his crew were Dougie loaded Bush. up. Dougie Boy. Dougie Boy. <laughs> <laughs> they were loaded up with a year's worth of rations, and they intended to stay at this base and then sort of do, like, smaller, um, like, they call them sledges, like, you know, dog sleds, basically. Um, dog sled trips further and further from camp until they'd explored as much of the area as they could in that time. They would set up, like, little um, outposts along the way, so as they got further away, there would still be, like, here's a supply station you can stop at, so you don't have to go all the way back to camp. So they were doing that slowly over time. And just to give a clear idea of what it was like at this base camp during this time, here's a quote from a guy named Cecil Madigan. Fabulous. Um, what the fuck is with these names? You are absolutely a, right. It's, it's the time. It's the time. Everybody in we the 1900s had a really cool name. So this is a quote from him. He was a meteorologist on this expedition. Ooh. He was like, weather boy. Yes. <laughs> Cecil the weather boy. The weatherman. <laughs> uh, he said, Commonwealth Bay is probably the windiest place on the earth. And certainly it appears to be so far as, as records up to the present indicate. For nine months of the year, an almost continuous blizzard rages, and for weeks on end, one can only crawl about outside the shelter of the hut, unable to see an arm's length owing to the blinding, drifting snow. You can't even leave. Like, you you have to be on the ground slithering around like a snake, or the wind will take you away, and you can't see. (laughs) Nine months out of the year. The wind will take you away, (laughs) haha. Yeah, they were there on purpose. This is super fun, guys. This is what they asked for. Yeah. So the the goal, even though most of these people were probably just, like you said, thrill seekers and crazy people, um, their goal was mainly scientific exploration and research. Douglas, being the cool and cutting edge explorer that he was, was actually the first person to bring an airplane to Antarctica. That was smart. That was maybe it was not okay. Oh. It was not, guys. It didn't work. So, <laughs> so the plane, so the plane was damaged in Australia before it even left. Oh, oh no! So it never really got off the ground, especially not with the winds in Antarctica. So they decided they were just going to use the motor and put it on some like rails and just like motor it around <laughs> like a little car with wings. And then that also didn't work because the engine wouldn't run without cold it was. So they just put that thing on a boat and sent it back. That is amazing. They had that shit for like a week before they were like, never mind. <laughs> Fuck. Never mind. Cool how idea. Much, <laughs> how much money did it pay to have that thing that just did? That was like a really big paperweight. Right. Essentially. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hold on to it when I go outside so I don't blow away. That's all it's good for. <laughs> so, um, so they just decided... Being Australian and, like, not giving up on things and being funded, I'm sure, by somebody who's like, just do it already. They were like, well, fine, okay. We don't need the airplane to do aerial stuff. We will just go on foot, like we thought, and search. So, there would be seven small teams in total working on exploring and charting different areas. Two from the groups on uh, Mockery Island and five from the main base on Commonwealth Bay. And these teams had sled dogs and usually three to four men that would plan to go out at small intervals and map particular areas before returning to camp. And they established food depots, like I mentioned, so they were, like, slowly over many months following would just, like, get farther and farther and farther from camp. 
And uh, Doug, again, the trailblazing motherfucker that he is, Woo! was also the first man to bring a radio to Antarctica. Smart. So, Did that work? Uh, yes. Okay. Although the radio tower they established was being blown over like every other day. <laughs> and they had to put it back up <laughs> yeah. every time. I mean, there aren't really like tall mountains. Right. There's really nothing. And like the wind is just howling and knocking this fucking thing over. And they had to like resecure it every, <laughs> every fucking week or so at least. That's fantastic. But, <laughs> but when it worked, they could actually broadcast what was happening with the weather and like what it was like there. To the outside world. If anybody could get their frequency, they could just hear from people in Antarctica about what it was like. That's was really cool. cool. Mm. Yeah. So the weeks pass. Everything's going totally fine for the most part. And they seem to have a good thing going. Everyone had a good plan. Everyone, with their, these are experienced adventurers. They know what they're doing for the most part. But obviously I would not be talking about this. If things didn't go horribly wrong. And then everything went really well, and that's it. End of story. Happy lights. No harp noise needed. None. <laughs> so it's November of 1912 now, which means they've been there already for 10 months. They're looking wow. at two months left. That's, that's usually when guard gets let down. Yeah. Shit starts. Extra tired, too. Extra tired. And they I'm resetting the radio tower. Supplies <laughs> right. are starting to probably beginning to dwindle. Yes, and... I, it, the weather is getting better because down there the the winter and summer are reversed, mm -hmm. but it still sucks and is terrible. Yeah, I mean, like it's still at uh, the end of it. Like, <laughs> right. It's let's just and that. A place then, where it shouldn't be. <laughs> and then polar bear. Yeah. <laughs> no polar bears down there. Mostly just penguins and seals. Penguins. We discussed that on episode forty-four. We did. This is just a commercial for episode forty-four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, ten months in, two months from the aurora coming back to pick them up. And they decide they're going to go on one last run, you guys. No, and this it's is a bad idea. Hell yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> these, guys are, these guys are one day from retirement, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> like, they're the Harrison Fords. <laughs> right. And it's because they've already done all the area around the camp. This is one of the furthest, like, that they're going to go. One of the trips that is going to take them over 300 miles from base. All these fucking fools. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> so Douglas Mawson is going to go himself. And he gathers two of his men, Xavier Mertz. Fabulous. Fabulous Xavier name. Mertz. Xavier Mertz. Xavier Mertz. Get ready for this. Belgrave Nissen. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh, my oh. God. Can you just say oh. it one more time? Belgrave Nissen. I'm going to change my name to Belgrave Hawk Nissen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, they're going to go on a sledge and run. They're going to take some dogs. They're going to do it. Sure. And that day, like most others, was windy as fuck. Yeah. And Mawson would later describe literally any time they left base camp like this. A plunge. This guy writes also, just an FYI. <laughs> just like Shackleton, I think, last time. Oh, like, yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. fucking writes. Yeah. So, <laughs> a plunge into the writhing storm whirl stamps upon the senses an indelible and Ooh. awful impression seldom equaled in the whole gamut of natural experience. Ooh. The world avoid, grisly, fierce, and appalling. We stumble and struggle through the Stygian gloom. <laughs> the merciless blast, an incubus of vengeance, stabs and buffets and freezes. The stinging drift blinds and chokes. This reminds me of when I was in college and I had to write... <laughs> when you went to the Antarctic. I had to write a 2,000 word essay and I just hopped on the thesaurus. <laughs> and just did that shit. And I was just 
filling it in. Uh-huh. I, I've done that. I want this entire expedition narrated by Lemony Snicket right now. <laughs> so <laughs> real. So fucking real. Is it not a series of unfortunate yeah. events? Stygian, a word which here means. <laughs> fucked. <laughs> fucked. Get fucked. <laughs> but like, in Patrick Warburton's voice. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my god. But yeah, anyway, um, I just reminder again, that's a description from a guy who chose to go there on purpose. What the fuck, you guys? What the fuck? <laughs> like, not for nothing, but that passage slaps. It slaps. It slaps so good. It's so hard. I want to tattoo it It's writing body. goals. Yeah, it is. It's writing goals. So I'm going to start re- referring to these three men by their last names now. Yeah. It's easier. So, on November 10th, Mawson, Ninnis, and Mertz. <laughs> That's a very bad law firm. You're really- <laughs> The law firm of Mawson, Ninnis, and Mertz. Two of us will die. Oh! Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. So, I wasn't ready for that, Taylor. So sorry. So <laughs> they set out with three sledges and 16 huskies. And it w- this was meant to be a two-month trek, which means it would have brought them back right in time to be picked up. Right. Well, there's your first fucking mistake. Uh-huh. <laughs> you mean depending on shit to work out in Antarctica? In Antarctica? Are they about to get stranded in Antarctica? So here's the okay. <laughs> I just wanted to point out... Um, during the time of this particular expedition, Mawson was 32 years old, Ninnis was 23 and an army lieutenant, and Mertz was 28, and he was just like a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> just a lawyer. Just, it, was, it was so weird. This is my favorite part of the whole story, is he was just a lawyer, but he was also like a champion co- cross-country skier, so he could totally hold his own sure. in the snow. But like, according to the Smithsonian article that I read about this, the main reason he would come along on this particular mission was that he was Ninnis's friend, and he was Swiss, and he talked funny. Like, the, <laughs> other two, the other two men found it really, really funny to listen to him try to speak English, and I, that is why they brought him. I got flashbacks to when I was, like, low-key bullied in high school, because I was a weird kid. They were like, let's just bring this guy along. It'll be a riot. Real shit. Real shit. But also, like, Mertz was, like unfailingly cheerful I guess so that was another reason they were like this guy's gonna keep morale up the whole time because yeah. he's just like this so if they were like you talk funny Mertz he was probably like I know <laughs> <laughs> that is not a Swiss accent so do you no want the meatball <laughs> was fucking beautiful <laughs> so they head out and everything's going fine for a while for um, a a little over a week they're traveling, and they make it about 300 miles in that week. It's a really good time wow. that they're making. But then a series of events start to make Mawson uneasy. Was it a series of unfortunate events? It was a series of unfortunate <laughs> events. And he has, first, he has a dream about his father one night. And his father had been in fine health when he left. But later, upon his return, he would realize that, like, a couple days before he had this dream, his he father did. had sickened and died. Oh, he did. Yeah. So he was like, oh, I had a dream about my dad. That just seems weird. He didn't seem good in the dream. Is that some sort of weird omen? <laughs> I don't love this. And then... I'm going to write about it. The next thing... I'm sorry, by the way. I'm sorry about the stuff I'm going to have to talk about that has to do with dogs. Oh, um, no. No. One of the huskies. Had, this isn't even the bad part. <laughs> the huskies had been pregnant. One of them, and they, they brought her along. Apparently, maybe they didn't know. I don't know. But how do you not? They're Either men. Way, they're stupid. They're stupid as fuck. Either way, I hope they all died. That husky gave birth the and then ate those babies. Yeah, which apparently is pretty normal under really strenuous conditions. You, yeah, animals yeah. will eat their young for survival. Yeah. 
So, was it like her survival or to put them out of their misery? No, it was, it was like, well, maybe. I mean, I, I mean, they pushed, they probably pushed those dogs real hard. Mm-hmm. Needs the and energy. they probably weren't feeding them enough. Knows yeah. that those, that, that mother, if that's a, you know, a dog mother realizing what condition she's in, yeah. those dogs are not going to survive. That's what I'm wondering. She no. might as well get the energy out of them, unfortunately. Yeah. But this was a really scary, horrible thing for them to witness. So they sure. were like, oh, no. <laughs> maybe we bad. shouldn't have done this. Bad news bears, bad omen. Uh, and then, uh, let's see. Oh yeah. And then at one point they were traveling and a bird called a petrel or a petrel, P-E-T-R-E-L. It is a seabird. You see it on the Atlantic. You see it around Antarctica, but like on the coast. There are 300. Never inland. Yes. There are 300 miles inland. And not only do they see it, it smashes into the side of Ninnis's sledge. Yo. And they're like. There's nothing here for Something. 300 miles. How did this bird just come here? Is a petrel? Yeah, I'm petrel, sorry. petrel. No, yeah. somebody in that group is absolutely possessed. Cursed as fuck. <laughs> it's the Swiss dude. Yeah. And like, he doesn't talk funny. He's just been speaking an ancient <laughs> demonic language this yes, entire fucking time. Exactly. But like, yeah, that was, I mean, one of them did write, they have journals, they kept, and one of them was like, but where did it come from? I've seen hereditary. I know what's up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is very hereditary shit. So I don't like that. They bird. just kind of have some some weird things are going on. They just they're superstitious men because they're like seafarers and they're adventurers. Yeah, and explorers. Those you people. trust your shit on that one. Yeah, trust your gut. Trust what's happening in the world around you. So they have some near misses after that. People falling into canyons of ice and just and then being taken out. Totally fine. But then like they receive small injuries. They have to like lance somebody's finger off at one point. I'm sorry, off. Like yeah, just sort of like. The oh, but like, yeah, not amputate. It was, it was just. I mean, just you're, the very you're tip. chipping off a. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. A it chunk like, okay. of your finger. It was like okay. diseased and and frostbitten, and it hurt enough that they were just like, just take it off. You said finger off, and I went. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, like the very <laughs> tip of it, if according to what I read. Okay. So things are not great, great, and they're kind of like. I don't feel like our luck is really awesome right now, <laughs> but for the most part, they're still making good time. They're still traveling, doing fine. And the next day, they're out. It's sunny and warm. It's negative 11, you guys. It's fucking balmy. Mm. For Antarctica, it really is. Yeah. And Mawson is completing some calculations on his own sledge when he hears things go quiet. They had passed a crevasse a while back that Mertz had pointed out. He's on skis. Mertz is just on skis at this time. (laughs) Well, he um, is a cross-country skier. Right. (laughs) One thing that's interesting, like they... Just the night before, they had three sledges that were being run by dogs, but they condensed it down to two the night before and left one behind. That's why Mertz is on his own skis. Nissen and Mawson have their own sledges with dogs. And so Mertz is just skiing along. At the oh, He was up ahead, so he had pointed out the crevasse and was like, we're going to go around that. We're going to find the narrowest part and sort of pass over. It's like this little crack. You just mm-hmm. got to be careful. Mm-hmm. So he had pointed that out, and then he was singing some weird Swiss school song, like because again, probably really, a demon ballad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Well, Call, calling Satan from the cracks in the earth. Facetiming Satan. He was a really cheerful guy, so he would just keep doing that, keep morale up, and then all of a sudden things go quiet, and Mawson turns around, and he sees Mertz looking around behind him, and then Mertz points behind him at nothing. And that is the place where Nissen had been. Oh, and he shit. wasn't there anymore. 
So they backtrack as fast as they can back to the crevasse that they had just gone over. Again, little crack, little mm-hmm. crack in the ice. Mm-hmm. And they found that that narrow crack in the ice had become 11 feet across. <laughs> it was now a huge crevice in the earth. Like, holy shit. Crazy big, and it had just happened. Clearly. The earth is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, like, the ice is always moving. Always. Always. Mm-hmm. No matter where you are. This is just ice flows. This isn't land. Like <laughs> Mother Gaia decided she wanted to eat him. <laughs> yes. Dater was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, um, they, they can't even see him. It's so deep. They know yeah, he has he's to be gone. He's, he's gone. gone. What they can see is part of the sledge, and they can hear a dog whining. <gasps> No! That's how they know for sure. Like, no, he's down there. But no one ever saw him again. They called for him for 15 minutes, and he never answered. I don't care about him. I know. And did they get the? Mm. They could not get the dog. It was like it was like it was like tens of feet down at minimum. Awful. I know. So Mawson and Mertz, after they call for him, and, and they know they can't get him or any of them back, they do a funeral rite right there, and then they have to carry on. But they do decide, I mean, they're not just going to keep going. They're going to turn back. Thank <laughs> like, fucking God. This is not fucking okay anymore. So, but what was really unfortunate for the remaining two men is when they had consolidated from three sledges to two, they had put Mawson's sledge at the front to deal with all the stuff that might be going on that was bad. So his was lighter. Nissen's was heavier and it was oh. laden with all of their food. Oh, shit. <laughs> Almost all of their food and their six best dogs. So they just lost all of that in a second. Oh, my God. It's all gone. And uh, they, so they're, they're basically with only this, the smallest bit of rations and some, some of the not so great dogs. And they have 300 miles back to camp. Taylor. Dude, did they eat the fucking dog? Taylor. <laughs> you have to tell us, man. Taylor. Oh, look, I warned you. So. You warned us that this was bad, but Do like, this is like the bad, dogs? bad. It's like pretty fucking bad. I like, I right can now. handle anything happening to people. Also, mm-hmm. I have a story <laughs> I have to tell. But like, animals, yo. It sucks that I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I am. Keep telling um, them. <laughs> they sort of have their revenge in a weird way. I'll, I'll get to it. Oh, hell yeah. We're dog murder. <laughs> get them, doggies. So the, so the men decided uh, that of the, all the routes to take back, they were just going to go back the exact route they had come. It was the fastest, and they understood it already. Not fucking around. Right. Let's just go home. I mean, assuming it was still there. Right. I mean, yes. And things are always different, but there are certain things like that's jut out of the ice, certain landmarks they can mark and recognize they're in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And they were very good at that. According to the people who sort of marked their journey back, it was very quick at first because like they were very good at navigating and knowing exactly where they should be. So, like I said, at first, it was very fast. They were really making great time back. But, again, they had run out of most of their food. And so the... One of the first things they did was to kill two of their weaker dogs. Mm-hmm. And they cooked and eat them. They fed most of it to the other dogs, but they ate what they could. Oh my God, forced cannibalism. How fucking dare. A dog will eat a dog, man. Yes, I know. A dog I will know. totally eat a dog. I mean, <laughs> That's where the phrase that. dog eat dog world fucking comes <laughs> from. Yes. It's fair. But the dog meat has like so little, I mean, th- there's so little meat on them. They're, they're all this really tough they're muscle. They're muscle. They run all Especially day. Especially huskies. Like. Yeah. That's what they're built for. 
So it's really tough muscle. And they ended up, you know, sort of eating some of the liver as well, just trying to supplement here and there. Scott Iron. I hope one of them died from it. Some of the shit. Don't. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, (laughs) I left some of it out. So they keep traveling. They keep a dog falls and they'll eat it, and that's just how it goes. Um, yes this is what got the donner party though like don't eat mm. the dead <laughs> anyways yeah. continue it's not great um so let <laughs> the days life lesson <laughs> don't eat the dead don't <laughs> eat the dead <laughs> three days into the return trip uh mawson went snow blind which is not just bad because you can't fucking see anything but it's incredibly painful karma and what I love this, though, is the treatment for that at the time was to pour a um, mixture of zinc sulfate and cocaine on your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mertz is there doing that for him in between like them. Just traveling. cocaine at the ready. Right? <laughs> and it would slow them down some. But they're still moving. They're losing dogs here and there, mm-hmm. but they're still moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, the extreme cold, the strenuousness of the travel, it's really hard even to just be on a sled. Like, yeah. the strength required to stay on and to navigate and all of that is really difficult. And yeah. when you are only eating a little bit of dog meat, their organs, and otherwise starvation ra- rations, mm-hmm. you're, you're not doing so good. Their mm-hmm. health, both they both begin to like pretty rapidly deteriorate. Um, they both felt physically ill. Um, Mertz wrote in his journal that he was very bad off, including skin coming off my legs, etc. Uh, it soon became clear that Mertz was worse off than Mawson, who wanted to keep going at a steady pace regardless of how they were feeling. But Mertz, one day, he just lays down in, in, in his sleeping bag and he says, I just, I think we need to take a day and just recover, please. He doesn't and get up, does he? So for yeah, and so for twenty four hours they all they just huddle in their little sleeping bags, and then when it's time to go, he refuses to get up. And this is a quote from Mawson. This happened on January sixth. So this is Mawson. Uh, Things are in a most serious state for us both. If he cannot go eight or ten miles a day in a day or two, we are doomed. I can pull through myself with the provisions at hand, but I cannot leave him. His heart seems to have gone. It is very hard for me to be within a hundred miles of the hut and in such a position is awful. So when Mawson was able to finally get Mertz moving again, progress was even slower and Mertz frequently needed breaks. He just was not doing well. And when they came to a camp the following night, Mertz started having what Mawson called fits and they were likely seizures. And he started screaming and fighting. He broke a tent pole and would scream about it for hours. Like he was delirious and incredibly angry and kept having intermittent seizures. Yeah, it's almost like pouring cocaine on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Maybe, uh, (laughs) Maybe do some cocaine about it, dude. (laughs) Maybe do some cocaine. (laughs) So at one point, Mawson had to sit on his chest to stop him from thrashing and hurting himself. And then he tucks Mertz into his sleeping bag. And Mertz died at 2 a.m. that night, and Mawson woke up alone. Now, remember how I said they had been eating the dog, and, in, and because the meat was not enough, they'd also been eating liver? Mm-hmm. Um, in most animals, humans included, but also huskies in particular, uh, we didn't know this at the time. Like, the science didn't know this, because why would you? But you should not eat dog liver. It is incredibly <laughs> high in vitamin A. And if you eat enough of it, you will poison yourself oh, with vitamin shit. A. Oh, shit. 
they had they both ended up with like what historians believe to be vitamin A toxicity. And sucks to suck, bitch. Right? I know exactly. That's why I'm like, they had their revenge. Those dogs <laughs> by dying and being eaten killed a dude, like really did. <laughs> okay, see you later, bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And the reason why Mawson was probably not as bad off as Mertz is because Mertz found the meat of the dog particularly difficult to chew. So he ate more of the liver. Mm. But Mawson is still not doing well. He is still also having that issue and probably doesn't even realize it. Might still be eating the stuff. Has no idea. So he's alone now. He has to carry on and make it back to camp as quickly as possible. He wrote of being utterly overwhelmed by the urge to give in but that he also felt that it was his duty to return to camp and give an account of what had happened to Ninnis and Mertz Mm -hmm. to the other men. Because everyone was friends. They'd all been together for a whole year at that point. He was like, I have to make it back to tell what happened to these guys. So, finally, the wind was less harsh on January 11th, and despite illness and exhaustion, Mawson carved a grave in the ice and placed Mertz's body inside. Wow. Before, yeah, before beginning the 100-mile trek back to camp no dogs left and only the supplies could carry on one sledge that he pushed through the ice himself holy shit and he could barely manage to walk five miles a day on feet that were rubbed raw on legs that were losing skin (laughs) and the rest of his body felt like it was just falling apart he like writes about like i am deteriorating it's crazy um he kept moving slowly he passed a glacier and he named it after mertz and finally, to another smaller crevice, like, he, he tries to get around it. He's like, oh, fuck, this is the thing that killed Miss. I had to be very careful. Fuck, 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 fuck. But he's also, like, really not strong. He's in a very weakened state and um, not very balanced. And so he falls oh <laughs> into my God. the fucking crevice. But the thing is, the crevice was not large enough to fit the sledge through it. The sledge turns upside down but stays, like, like it. hung on either side of the crevice. It was Ooh. just narrow enough. But he is stuck underneath the sledge. And, like, hanging. And he looks down and is like, well, fuck. (laughs) And he's sort of holding onto this rope. And part of the rope is hanging over the side. He doesn't know what it's holding onto. He doesn't know if it will hold. And he doesn't know how strong he will have to be to get up over the side. But he basically gives it everything he has. Um, (laughs) This is a quote. He said, I had time to say to myself, so this is the end. (laughs) I can just imagine him being like, Oh, okay, so this is how it ends. <laughs> All right. That's basically him going, well, fuck. Right. <laughs> Expecting every moment the sledge to crash on my head and both of us to go to the bottom unseen below. But then I thought of the food left uneaten on the sledge and of Providence again giving me a chance. The chance looked very small as the rope had sawed into the overhanging lid. My finger, my finger ends all damaged, myself weak. And with a great effort, according to him, Mawson managed to use the rope to haul himself up the side of the opening. He made camp right there. He literally laid there for an hour until he could finally just, like, erect a tent around himself. Yeah, (laughs) short rest. Yeah, short, yeah. Yeah. Take a short rest so you can take a long rest. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, and in the tent that night... Sometimes regain your spell slot. (laughs) He needs to regain so many spell slots, you guys. <laughs> this is what happens when you travel without a healer. It's true. He's got like five points of exhaustion right now. It's all fighters and no clerics. Yeah. So yep. <laughs> so that, that night in the tent, he did or like take the rope and make a rope ladder. So if he ever fell again, it would be easier to climb back up. <laughs> and then he kept marching. 
less than five miles a day until February 1st. I just want to, they, they went out in like mid-November. Ninnis is lost mid-December. Jesus. He this loses, was supposed to be a two-month journey. Right. He loses Mertz in early January. He has been walking for almost a month by himself. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, he reaches, finally, an outpost 10 miles from camp that they had called Aladdin's Cave. And it has supplies. Hell yeah. And it has, like, notes and signage from the people who were left at the base being like, where the fuck are they? And <laughs> this is the thing they might see, so let's leave signed stuff here. Hell yeah. And extra supplies. So... He eats some things, goes to bed, and the next day, a blizzard sweeps through. Oh, my God. And it keeps him in that cave for another week. It is the biggest blizzard he has ever seen, and he's been there a year. But at so, least he was inside. Yes, at least he had, like, he could have, he would have just died. He, he would have, it would have been the end. end. And he's got, exactly. like, more food and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, like, recuperating, essentially. It's not ideal, but he still gets to eat, and he is resting while he can't go outside. Now... Eventually, he does get to leave. He walks the remaining 10 miles in one go because he's finally like less weak. <laughs> Fuck it. Do that. <laughs> and he makes his it back to camp. He gets there. Now, technically, Mawson being saved upon reaching camp is like, huh, he was rescued. Sort of. He rescued himself. But this, the story isn't really over. So you'll recall that had everything gone to plan, the men would have come back to the camp in time to catch the Aurora back to Australia. Yeah. Their mission complete. Well, it turns out the Aurora was a few weeks late in reaching them, and Mawson was obviously a few weeks late in coming back. So, um, what actually happened was that um, when Mawson came back into camp, half dead, he realized that he had missed the Aurora by a number of hours. Oh my god! He walked into camp and could literally see the steam from the boat... Floating away. Holy he was, shit. He was like, <laughs> I would have just given up. Well, the thing is, like, actually, he took the opposite approach because he said he saw the quote, he saw the, um, the Aurora and was like, well, what matter? <laughs> the, long, <laughs> the long journey was at an end. A terrible chapter of my life was finished. At least he's back at camp. <laughs> so he was like, fucking, I don't care. Whatever. That thing can suck my dick. I'm here now. <laughs> like... So, I don't have a ton of detail on how these days were spent, but the thing about it is, it, maybe it's due to money, maybe it's due to you can only come to this part of Antarctica at a very specific time of year when the ice is melted enough, mm-hmm. uh, but they would have to wait another year. Oh my god. So it's, it, yeah, it's Mawson, and it's five men who had volunteered to stay behind and wait for him. Oh my god. Yeah. Those people were just like, well, maybe somebody will come back. I guess we'll wait. And those men were all stuck together for another year. There are no more expeditions out to be done. They're just chilling. They're just year. chilling for another year. And it sucks balls. And actually, there... <laughs> it's the fucking Antarctic! <laughs> right. There is actually a doctor there. Um, his name was Archie McLean. And he's, he had to deal a lot with like the mental health of these men, especially sure. Mawson who had been through some shit and mm-hmm. seen some shit and buried his friends and was like really not in good shape. He so, Billy Eilish that shit. <laughs> <kid. laughs> 
So he was like pretty busy with Mawson, and then there was like a guy who had been dropped off with the Aurora too, and was he, he was just not like, happy. Oh no! <laughs> Did they kick him out, or was he just like, yeah, oh shit, I missed the. Phone. It's like <laughs> Australia 2.0. Let's leave yeah. another prisoner and see what happens. Exactly. So they were just he, the doctor was like, okay, y'all need to find something to do. <laughs> this is not good. So he suggested that they make their own little newspaper. And they did. And it's, it's fucking not a bad important. idea, though. Yeah. I mean, it occupied their time, and it made them do something creative. Yeah. And, like, it's pretty good. <laughs> so I have a couple of, like... Did they, like, scratch it into ice? I, You know, I actually think, like, one of them um, could type, and so he typed it up and, like, would oh. print it, and it would actually, like, go out to the men. <laughs> That's oh, adorable. my God. It's really fucking cute. So, um, <laughs> there... There's a couple excerpts I have. Some some ads. There's like an, there's a couple of ads that they had, and then this is the only mention made of the tragedy that befell Nimis and Mertz, and then it ends with a poem. But um, all it says is divine service was held during the afternoon. In the evening, the hut was dressed with bunting, and everyone except the cook had attired himself in his best. <laughs> Fuck the Fuck cook. The, I cook. Guess. the cook was like, "Do you want a meal or not? Fuck you." <laughs> Um, and then it ends with the poem that's that now is the winter of our discontent, the mm. glorious summer, and it just kind of dot dot dots. <laughs> but I mean that's that, a weird, yeah, but that's I a think, weird Shakespeare monologue to yeah. do. I think they were also in a weird I, spot. Like think <laughs> that was people. a battle cry, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, but I mean they were like it's got winter in it. <laughs> <laughs> we is, are discontent. Yeah, it's also applicable. Like, as, as verbose as those dudes are, I don't think they were necessarily English majors. <laughs> Yes, but then okay. Then also, you just said the word verbose. (laughs) I'm occasionally smart for like maybe a ten second window, (laughs) and then it just all goes to shit. (laughs) So this is an ad. You are losing time and valuable (laughs) air. (laughs) The scientific cure for baldness, (laughs) prepared from the finest exudates and distillates of seal blubber, essential Mm -hmm. oils of adipose. Megalistris and a marvelous counter irritant recently isolated from the glands of the Antarctic petrel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like that, that, that. Like this is this is the shit they did. They just came up with like products that weren't real and just articles that weren't real. (laughs) Was that old school shit posting? Yes, (laughs) I genuinely think they old school shit posted for each other. (laughs) That's it. Hashtag trolling. Hey, I'm making a new meme. You're gonna see it tomorrow in the paper. So the Aurora finally returned on yeah. December 12th, 1913. Whole other year. Whole Oof. last year. They picked up Mawson and his remaining crew, and they arrived back in civilization in February of 1914. In 1915, the Royal Geographical Society awarded him, uh, Mawson, the, their Founders Gold Medal. And in <laughs> 1916, the American Geographical Society awarded him the David Livingston a Senate, um, Centenary? Centenary Medal. Um, and Mawson eventually wrote a book about his experience uh, called Home of the Blizzard, published in 1915. And it is also worth noting that the above account is what I could find for the most part, and it, I think is what is mainly expected, uh, accepted by historians. But there was also a 2013 biography written about Mawson that alleges that Mertz had died, uh, and when he died, Mawson boiled parts of his body and ate him. And even sure. going so far as to suggest that Mawson had tried to hasten Mertz's death in order to eat him. 
Oh. Oh. See, on the first part, I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Right. (laughs) Right. But, like, Mawson's family is like, this is, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Our ancestor is a cool, badass hero. Yeah. And you can eat our dicks. Stop it. If he had had to eat a dude, then he had to eat a dude. Then he had to eat a dude. Yes. But, yeah, um, I don't think that's the case. Like, Mawson's own writing was very, like, Mertz is gone. I named a glacier after him. (laughs) (laughs) I will miss him. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Do you think he like? Do you think he ate him? Or do you think? I wonder if maybe. I would guess he did. But also, how sickly was Mossy when he died? Yeah, like not appetizing. No, but like now there were dogs. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of people point at that period of time I had described, where like when Mertz was dead and he still needed to go like a hundred miles, yeah, and he didn't really have much. The dogs were gone. How did he do it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't fucking blame him. I don't (laughs) like. like, I get it. From what you're saying, I don't think he hastened it, but like I would not be shocked if he was like, "Oh fuck." Right. And how would you hasten it? Unless you knew what was wrong with him. You're too weak to like smother him with a pillow. Like. (laughs) Yeah. So who knows? everybody's been doing it, but, like, what's a happy thing that's happened to you? Mm-hmm. Like, so we should do that. I didn't warn you, because I just thought of this. Right. So, well, you'll have time, because here's the sad thing first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, please give us sad news first. No, let's sad news first. <laughs> so. Okay, sorry. Sad news. Sad news. Mm-hmm. So. Once the safer at home order was lifted, mm-hmm. Kat and I went on a walk with a couple friends. Aww. Oh, Clarence. Oh, I, I saw pictures. Long, long story short, we found a, a baby duckling and we were going to take it to the Humane Society because he was in the road and it was just a bad situation. Poor buddy. But unfortunately, he didn't make it. Oh, no. So I'd like to dedicate this episode to Clarence the duckling. Thank you, Clarence the duckling. You were very cute. He was very, he was very fucking cute. He was very sweet and he was very itty bitty. We buried him near water. Yeah, he's buried by a creek. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. I cried a lot. I would, I mean, I would. I totally get it. So that's as I tear up the sad news. (laughs) So. Most empower, Clarence. I know. Most empower, buddy. What is. (laughs) <laughs> what is a happy thing that's no. happened to you? You're you have to say you. Hold no, on. No, no, hold no. on. Wait. <laughs> no, no, no. I, can, you? I can also say something, okay, but okay. like I wanted it to be a group okay, experience. That's, <laughs> I, just thought, are you, I, I just thought you were going to do a, like a, I'm going to make you sad. Now I need you to make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can also do the happy thing okay. of like while in quarantine. Sure. And locked down, my job duties had to change significantly. Sure. And I have busted into using my graphic design skills. Nice. Graphic design is my passion. And <laughs> I get to do some exciting things, and my job might be changing. Oh, okay. And well, I'm cool. expanding on that. And so, like, something cool came out of having yeah, to adapt. I designed the, the new flyers for work, yeah. and I'm working on the annual report flyers for the board. Nice. And, like, oh, that's awesome. Slowly changing the colors of the company. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Are you just like one, slightly, one tone number? Slightly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just shifting it slightly. <laughs> three no. years from now, they'll they won't even recognize no, it. Three years from now, they're gonna listen to this and fucking see. You. <laughs> Look, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> That's awesome, Emily. Look, one of the nobody, supervisors knows I'm doing it. <laughs> nobody nobody listening. Okay, this is really important. Everybody listening, nobody fucking narc. Um, I guess something like happy that's happened is Jake and I moved and like I'm sure that for all our friends that was happy because we literally couldn't ask anyone to help us move. We had to do it ourselves. No. I felt it really fine. bad. I, would have I was no, going no, to break I, quarantine if you needed help cleaning no, or I anything. Like I was going to be like, same. No, I was serious when I asked if you needed help. <laughs> I mean, I'm always, you know, whenever I have to move, I'm always like, man, I can be efficient when I need to be because, like, you just you just get shit done. You just do it. Time. You just fucking do it. Yep. It's it, it's a nice reminder that you can do shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. But so now we're in a new place. And we like this place. It's real cute. I've it been is. working from home. Um, and also, honestly, you can pry working from home from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> I'm not going back. I'm not. I'm going to work right fucking there until they make me stop. <laughs> You've got like, uh, I'm sorry, your husband has got an epic gamer chair. He does too. have an epic gamer chair that I just like curl up in. And I'm like basically upside down while talking to people on the phone about phones. <laughs> like, I'm just like, uh, you guys would not have met. My feet are on the wall as I'm just like <laughs> typing. <laughs> um, but No, we know. We know you. <laughs> yeah. But I also just went out for a job that is within the same center, but it is in the recruiting department. Ooh. So I'm very much hoping that uh, maybe I could be off the phone. <laughs> Hell yeah. Goals. Yes, hashtag goals. So yeah, that's a nice thing. Hell yeah. Cat, yeah. what about you? I'm just happy to be here. There, there are people. I know, right? I'm looking people. at people. Like, <laughs> it, we're in the meat space with you. We're in the, you guys are in the meat space. <sighs> I don't know. I don't I took out the podcast, I guess. Hey, yeah. I mean, you just started like a new endeavor with a cool new podcast. Yeah. That's awesome. The, the people there are cool. We're going to have Emily on the show for one of the musical episodes. Really? Yeah, since um, I do music stuff. Either. I, that's fair. Can yeah. I be on the show? <laughs> I'll ask. <laughs> oh, gee. Can I we just check, crash the music episode? Check that shit out. Yeah. One of them, Jade Taylor, is going to be on. So yeah, cool. I cannot wait to make an ass out of myself. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. I'm so glad to have you, you in my home again I'm... in the meat space. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. Thank you. thank you for letting me crash. Anything else? That's it. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. We hope that you have had like a really okay quarantine and be, we hope it gets better. We're sorry we went away, but we're back. Yes, we're be back. Cool. We're back. Be cool, be Fuck safe. Yeah. Be cool, be safe. Be yes. smart, wear a fucking mask, wear you fucking monsters. Mask. Stay the fucking side when you can. Just don't wash your hands. Just be chill. And don't forget your can of water. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of myself for how I just shoved that in there. <laughs>